Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, Welcome to like- Handling Today's Consumers in Real Estate with your host, Evan Russell, broker owner of ERA Russell Realty Group. He is a 10-year licensed broker who has successfully coached and trained over 500 agents and turned his independent brokerage into a $50 million company before joining one of the top real estate franchises, ERA. Evan delivers his real-world real estate experience to you, the real estate agent. You can follow Evan on the Twitter feed at WorkWithEvan using hashtag AskEvan. For all your questions, concerns, comments, ideas, or anything else real estate related. Well, hello there, mighty, mighty, mighty. Beautiful sunny day here in Boston. If you're jumping in uh, in Boston, it's going to be a great day. If you're uh, one of my friends who's listening after the fact from a different part of the world, I hope it's as sunny there for you as it is here today. I, uh, I'm thinking about taking the hard top off my Jeep and putting the soft top back on. I think it's almost time for that. Uh, maybe another week or two, and uh, and we'll do that. So, hey, uh, this is episode, I don't even know what it is, but it, but it's well over 200s. And it's hard to have that many episodes without being a little bit repetitive because there's only so many ways to kind of skin a cat, so to speak. Um, so what I'm going to do here is I'm going to talk about two things. I'm going to talk about uh, my open house yesterday. Uh, and kind of flip the script on the open house for you, which I think will be really helpful. And then I'm going to talk to you about an exercise I had with a new agent on the uh, last, uh, I guess, Friday, uh, and how that, that kind of went. So let me jump right into the open house. Let me first by saying, by, start by saying this. There are many reasons to take a listing, and selling it is only one of them. It might be the primary reason, but it's not the only reason, Right. All the, the most successful people in real estate, all the top producers, all the people who sell the, the, you know, the large amount of homes and make the, you know, the six-figure-plus income, primarily run their business on the, buy, on the sell side, right? The buy side is a product of the sell side. Make sense? So you have, to have this, you have to have the listing in order to promote yourself on Zillow, on Facebook, on those types of things, right? We've proven time and time again, and I'm not telling you not to do it, but we've proven time and time again when you boost a listing, that's where the leads come in. You can boost your home buyer e-guide, and that makes sense. You can boost your seller guide, and that makes sense. You can boost other things, and those certainly work. But the best return on a Facebook boost is obviously the listing side, right? So let's talk about our, our, our listing yesterday, okay? Uh, I went up with, with, uh, with Carol. Carol and I went up and, and sat at, uh, up at Boxford. Uh, relatively quiet. We had about probably about eight or nine people through in the course of two hours, which I guess is okay, but it was pretty slow. One every about 10, 12 minutes. Um, and as and, and I wasn't necessarily feeling that good. And Carol did a great, great job walking the people around. Um, a much better job than I would have done. I, I for for an open house for me, I'm like, okay, it's like shopping. Okay, have a look, see what you think. If you like it, you know, let me know. I'm not one that would kind of walk them through and say, okay, this is this and that is that. You know, I don't I don't have that style. Not not better or worse, but in this case, I think Carol's style was a little better than than, than I would have done because I certainly wasn't feeling good. But but as she's talking about the, as she's talking with the people, after the first one, we kind of sat down, we kind of put our heads together, and we we're thinking, okay, well, this person comes in, you know, I'm not ready to buy, I got a house up the street, or hey, I've got a bigger house up up in Boxford, you know, looking for something a little smaller. When you're in an open house, the 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 default thought process is to gain buyers, right? 
oh, we'll get unaccompanied buyers. They might be interested in a house. They want to offer. They want to offer something on that house, or you keep them and you go sell them something else. Now, here's where the narrow thinking comes in. There's two points. Is the first one is you're assuming they haven't gone to any other open houses, and those agents haven't said the same thing, right? So you're not the only open house they've gone to. You're not the only agent they've spoken to. So for you to say, yeah, I had some really good, you know, really good people that came in and they're, you know, looking for a house and, and they're going to use me. They left that open house and went to another one. Or they were at another one and came to yours. So unless you really stand out at that open house, the likelihood that you're going to get traction on that particular buyer after that property is probably a low return, right? Now, I know I might be, I might be smacking somebody in the mouth right now, but that's really the, the, the key. And I think if you go to the open house, you have to really understand what you're going to the open house for, right? The purpose is to open the house as a retail envi- as a retail environment so people can peruse through, take their time, look at what they look at, and not be bugged. If they wanted to be bugged, they'd come with their agent. We have to help them in a, in a very, you know, non-threatening way. But here's where I'll flip the script on you. You're looking at them as home buyers. But in a case like yesterday – three of the eight that came in indicated they had something to sell. So where's the true follow-up there today? The true follow-up there is to find out where those people live by, by making sure their last name in the town so we can kind of narrow it down. And our true follow-up today is home seller guide, handwritten, handwritten card, some letter of some sort that says really nice, you know, meeting you at the open house. Here's the marketing we've done for this house. We'd like to do the same for you. That's where the follow-up is. The follow-up's not in the buyer traffic. We don't have any buyer traffic to follow up with today. And the three or four that we do have to follow up with have something to sell. So you really, I know I said a couple times, you really need to flip the script and say, especially at a house with a, with a $650, $700,000 price tag, right? You really have to flip that script into, you know, the sell side, Right. Okay, so in our follow-up today, that's what we're going to do. We're going to work on the, the, the where these folks live, find their house, put together some type of, of communi- listing communication that says, met you at the open house. Yeah, of course, you know, if you get them on the list side, then of course you can get them on the buy side, but you got to flip for the list side. Now, rule of thumb on the road to six uh, is that every listing that you have or every transaction that you have should turn into two or three more, at least two or two more. Right? If you take a listing in Boxford, you would hope that another listing would come out of Boxford or you get a buyer lead out of Boxford one way or the other. Right? When you list 114 Chestnut, right? and I know I talk about it day in and day out, but it's the, it's the blueprint of how you work by referral, right? that turns into your two or three more. Selling the house is obviously the goal, but for us, we want to do business wherever we can find it. And even if we put that house on the market and that's not the house that we end up selling, it opens the pathway for other opportunities. And that's, you can only open those pathways to other opportunities if you have that listing, which leads me to my second point. My second point is your vision board, right? Now, I'm not talking about a vision board like putting a yacht on your wall and saying, one day I'm going to have a yacht, or putting a, a Range Rover Discovery on your wall and say, or a boat or a house or a Rolex or whatever it is on your wall and saying, Someday I'm going to do that, right? That's old school vision board. The vision board I want to talk about is what we did with, you know, an agent on Friday and then turn around and talk about, you know, what we missed on the vision board. So when a new agent comes in, they want to sign up. 
They want to sign up for this. They want to have this. They want all the tools. They want all the new toys. Oh, yeah, I want the postcard. I want the referral site. I want the this. I want, yeah, I want that. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give gimme. I want all that really cool stuff. But at the end of the day, we can't execute all that cool stuff at one time. So the most important thing for us to do as opposed to executing all these cool marketing tactics is really focusing on who is my best lead. So we write down our vision board. Who's most likely to transact with me? Where am I going to get a deal in the next 30, 60, 90 days? Who do we think that person or that situation is? Then you back into the tools. Having a, a home buyer guide, a home seller guide, a referral postcard, that's all great. And I encourage all that stuff. But if you sit down and you write down on your, on your sales pipeline, vision board, whatever it is, we call it a vision board, and say, okay, well, I got Bob. Bob's going to buy in Wilmington. Bob's going to buy for 300 What do I need to do to keep Bob engaged? Because we can't assume that Bob's engaged, right? When's the last time we talked to Bob? When's the last time we sent an article to Bob? Or are we just dripping on properties and just expect Bob to pick up the phone and call us? Or how every good coach does, I'll tie it into you, tie it in together, is Bob going to wander into an open house and get wowed by the, by the listing agent at the open house and forget about you? Oh, man, why didn't Bob buy with me? I had him on drip. Maybe because you didn't do anything to engage with Bob. Sending properties is not enough. It's not enough. You know that. I know that. So let's take our vision board. Instead of saying, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that, let's figure out who we think is most likely to transact and then pick from the list of tools that we have that's going to make sense to those guys, to that lead, right? So, for example, Carol, what we'll is just use Carol. She's got to refer. She's got to refer. She's got a new announcement. She's got business cards. She's got all seven or eight new tools. None of, none of those tools are really going to help her with the exception of that handwritten note or something along those lines, whatever Carol deems appropriate, to send to these folks that we met on Sunday that says, met you on Sunday, love to come look at your house, might be worth more than you think. We set the bar high here. We got professional pictures. We list for the maximum amount of price, for the least amount of cost. Give me a buzz. Or when can we connect by phone? Or, you know, when can I come see you? That's what's going to help Carol, to, you know, any open house. That's what's going to help her today. That's what she should do today to, to drive into her business. Right? Now, every situation is different. You go down to Chelsea. You've got first-time homebuyers running into a $300,000 condo, different story, right? You've got a $200,000 condo in, in North Andover. You get a bunch of first-time homebuyers. They probably have nothing to sell, different, different situation, right? You can't compartmentalize every single thing that I say into the same, every, you know, everything is different. A multifamily house in Everett is probably different than a single family in Boxford, right? But you have to look at what is in front of you, right? In this particular case on the open house, what's in front of you is you've got a $650,000 house. You've got people wandering through who most likely can't hold two mortgages. So where should you be thinking? You should be thinking, what's the best way to, to, to cultivate those guys? You don't want them as a buyer because they can't buy right now, right? We know that. They've got to sell to buy. That's common sense, right, unless they're just, you know, the 1% of the world that can hold, you know, $1.3 million in real estate without, you know, without selling something, which is not, you know, not regular. So let's do this. With all the assets that, that we have, with all the, the books, the postcards, the 0%, the, the expires, the, all this kind of stuff, let's focus on today or tomorrow or the next couple of days who you think is actually going to buy from you. 
Think to yourself, where is my next transaction going to come from? And if you can, if you can point at least in a general direction that says, okay, I think I got two people in follow-up boss. I think they're hot. What's the best way to communicate with them? Forget about the other 250 people in there, right, for, for now. Let's focus on the first two or three that you think that you have your best shot of converting and figure out which one of the tools, which one of the, the conversation pieces, what's the best way to keep those guys engaged? And that's the vision board I'm talking about, right? Let's figure out who those people are. Where are my next listing is going to come from? How is my follow-up set up? Where is my next deal going to come from? That's what you have to understand. Now, slinging mud against the wall on Facebook, that's fine. But what you really have to know is, as a follow-up point here is there's a lot of people on this team. There's 50-plus, 50 53 today, if I'm not mistaken, 54 maybe. So as I sit on these calls and I have you guys and I have some other friends and, you know, we have some other people that listen to, to this, not every situation applies. But you have to just kind of figure out where you're at, where my next deal is going to come from, full-time agent, part-time agent, brand-new agent, doesn't matter. Where is it going to come from? And let's focus on the tool that makes the best sense. The Facebook stuff is great. Use, like I was beginning to say, sling and mud against Facebook because if you don't have a listing or something like that, you have to find someone to sell to. The hardest part of this business is finding someone to talk to. It's the hardest part. You can close anybody. You're all capable of going out, opening a door, and, and, and talking somebody into buying or suggesting or selling or whatever, convincing someone to have you write an offer for them. We all can do that, right? We're all smart enough to do that. But what we all kind of fall off on is where we're going to find that person to talk to. Where are we going to find that lead, that opportunity, that person who, who's going to want to work with me, right? So when we're slinging stuff, we have to understand kind of in the, in the quick start guide, who do we want to hear our message? How do we want to deliver that message, right? And what do we want the message to say? And every lead and every conversation you have is different, has to be different, Right? Because Aunt Sally is different than a follow-up boss lead, right? A, a single, older man, retired, alone, who's got a big house in Boxford, his conversation is going to be different than the couple that walked in with four kids asking how much acreage is and where's the stuff that can we move it. Those conversations are different. But you, I have confidence that you guys know how to differentiate that. But what I want to talk, just to kind of wrap up on the call here is that you guys know the situation and you know how to hit it right? We'll just circle back on David Ortiz, although he's not around anymore. Bottom of the ninth, curveball, he knows what to do. Bottom of the first, man on second, one out, fastball, he knows what to do. Right? Middle of the fifth inning, no one on base, he's the first guy at bat, he knows what to do. Every situation is different. Situational hitting, situational sports of any kind, just like situational selling or real estate. Right? Carol and I, one last point here. Carol and I were talking about uh, the open house and, and being, you know, percept, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but being aware of who's walking in and my success in the retail environment back in my, in my younger years, right? Being able to walk into Southwestern Bell Wireless and knowing who was going to buy and who wasn't going to buy just by understanding the situation, right? You know, if a, if a dad walked in with a child, it's probably a phone for her. If a dad walked in with his mother, Grandma, so to speak, you probably knew they were getting grandma a phone. Dad walks in by himself with a phone in his hand. He's probably got a problem. You probably want to avoid that guy, right? 
So the retail environment is just the same, just like the Best Buy's example. Okay? All right, guys, I hope this helped. Hope you enjoyed. We want to flip. Listen, every person you can connect with, you just have to figure out which one of the tools that we create for you here in this office makes the most sense, right? Makes the most sense for you. And it only is going to make the most sense based on who you're delivering the message or the product to and what their response is going to be based on that, all right? Those are the keys. All right, guys, I'm right up on my 16 minutes. I'll catch you guys later. Hope you have a great day. I'll be around all day. Thank you for listening to Handling Today's Consumers in Real Estate with your host, Evan Russell. To listen to a previous episode of our HTC podcast, you can visit evanlive.com or find him in the iTunes Music Store.